Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, rest God's margin for success. To me, rest means rest in God, not rest from God, not rest from God or taking unnecessary physical rest. Yes, the body has to rest. That's a given, but a spirit doesn't have to rest with our body. My understanding of rest is being at peace. You know, when someone dies, it's often written or said, R.I.P., rest in peace. I'm talking different peace and death. Death to self and fleshly lusts and peace with and in God. It's a different peace. And uh, what it is, peace is, and rest, is trusting God for the outcome. There's many times, you know, even someone that, like me, you get up, with the microphone, start sharing the word a lot. You still get nervous about sharing the word. You still got to trust God for the outcome. So no matter what, we, what we're doing in life, whatever's coming around our life, we still got to trust God for the outcome. Because quite often, you know, we think that what we're presently going through was going to be like that all the time. But eventually, the present becomes the past. Can you think of the things that you were struggling with 10 years ago or five years ago, five days ago, you know, they become distant memories because we always got to be reminded. So unless we remind ourselves through our thoughts or someone else reminds us, there's quite a lot of stuff we forget. We can't remember. So we need to have the peace in God, trust God long enough, endure long enough that the present becomes the past. I've been told the message today, success measured by faith. I want to focus more on the success part. And first up, I want to share a well-known scripture, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. I believe without applying or living this scripture, we'll never have any lasting success as a Christian. Hebrews chapter 11 and 6 says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So without faith... It's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to do anything that God wants us to do. But if we want to please God, we need faith. So it may be possible to have success without faith, but I believe true success depends on who does the measuring. See, when it comes to the kingdom of God, God does the measuring. I believe he measures our success by faith. We can be a bit lenient on ourselves. That's the sobering part. Take the parable of the talents. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. I'm not going to read it this morning, but it starts with the kingdom of heaven is like. That's how it starts. The kingdom of heaven is like a man going away, leaving servants in charge of his goods. Isn't that what God's doing with us as well? He's trusting us with his kingdom. He's trusting us with the advancement of his kingdom. If we want to be successful in God, we need to, by faith, do what God's called us to do. He's entrusted us to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ by faith. That's what he's done. See, five talents. He divided. He got three of them, three servants. If you're not familiar, he got five, two, and one. And the one that he gave five, when he returned, the one that had five talents had five more. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over a bit more. And then he said, enter into the joy of the Lord. That was the reward. Likewise, two talents. 
Two more. He made two more. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, you're faithful over a few things. I'll rate your ruler over a few more. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then he came to the one that had one talent. No increase. <laughs> I just hid what you had. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. And he was cast into outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, the first two were faithful. The last one was faithless. So when God does the measuring, it can be a different result than when we do the measuring. The servant with the one talent thought he was doing enough, thought he was doing okay. This will be all right. When he comes back, I'll be able to give him what, he, what I started with. To him, it was logical that he kept the talent safe. To him, it was reasonable that he let fear be excused for being lazy and faithless. But see, faith doesn't let fear rule our hearts. Faith makes faith rule our hearts. It has no choice. If we've got faith in God and trust in God, that's what's going to rule our heart. Faith just by its very nature let, makes faith rule our heart. See, we don't know the outcome. We don't know what things are going to happen. We know only if God says it, it will come to pass. But by faith, it will come to pass. But if we just bury our talent, some people will say the talent's money. Some people say the talent's the giftings. Whatever way, doesn't matter. Go either way with it. But the thing is that if God's given us a talent for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, then that's what we need to use it for. We all haven't got the same talents, have we? Haven't got the same you know, capacity and all those kinds of things. But see, he thought it was okay. See, faith is the part of us that pays the price and takes the risks that are necessary for success. Obedient to God, no matter what part. That's the part on the inside of us. It's obedient to God no matter what. Unbelief, faithlessness, is the part that is conservative, non-risk-taking and undisciplined, not to mention self-preserving and self-pleasing. That's what faithlessness does. See, the talents were distributed according to ability, but five and two got the same reward. It wasn't because one had more that he got a bigger reward. They had the same responsibility. So one could take five and increase to five one could take two and increase uh, increase five more make ten the other one could increase take the two and increase to four according to their ability so the one that had one should have been able to increase one and they would have all received the same reward if the one had hadn't been so lazy and faithless you see what i'm saying this morning it doesn't matter if someone seemingly has a greater gift or a greater talent and we've got to use the one that we got and there's not one person in this room from the youngest to the oldest that hasn't got some sort of talent in God. We all have a talent. We all have an ability and God's called us to use the, you know, according to the ability that we have and the reward is the same. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You know, we can have rest in that. We can stop striving to be the best. We don't have to be the biggest church in Australia, the world you know, Mudgy or anywhere else. We have to do what God's called us to do. By faith, share the gospel. By faith, declare the word of God. By faith, rest in him. By faith, all that we do, we do by faith. We have to be a faith church, a faith people. We need to be faithful in what we're called to do. Every single one of us. We all, all have that margin for success there. There's a fight going on around us and in us all the time to prevent our faith from growing. 
How many of you know that we received a measure of faith? We received a measure of faith. You know, we're born again of God's Spirit, receive a measure of faith, and that faith has to grow. I can't stay with that faith that I had when I was born again. That faith has to grow because God calls us to do greater things. God calls us to do bigger things. That faith has to grow. But there's a fight going on in the realm of the Spirit. There's a fight between our flesh and the Spirit. There's a fight going on that will always try to stop us from growing in faith. That will keep us frozen where we are. They'll keep us back where we are. We say, well, I can't do that. That's right, we can't do that. But in Christ, I can do all things. Does the Bible say that? Hey? In Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We've got to remember, I can do what God's called me to do. It's the flesh versus the spirit. It will continue until we die, I believe. You know, the good news is we can overcome it if we discipline ourselves, position ourselves to overcome. That's the thing. We've got to position ourselves to overcome. Position ourselves to trust God. See Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It goes on to say, put on the whole armour of God so you can stand against the wiles of the schemings of the devil. I'm sure we've seen and heard this many, many times. But we've got to be careful sometimes that we don't turn off. We don't turn off, oh, I've heard that scripture before. I've heard this before. I learnt that in Sunday school. But it's something that's a lifetime. These scriptures are a lifetime for us by faith to apply to our lives. That's why we learn them when we're young, so we don't forget them. And that's why we get reminded of them and we hear them because we've got to keep them for every day. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemings of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Praise God. Praise God for that. That's who we wrestle against. Why would we praise God for that? Because he's equipped us to overcome that. We only have to turn back to Ephesians chapter 2. And it says, verse 4, Ephesians chapter 2, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, of which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's pretty good news. We're in this spiritual fight and he's equipped us to fight. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. We're in this spiritual fight against principalities, against powers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness. We can stand against those things and overcome them in Christ Jesus because we're seated with him. That's what the Bible says. That is good news. That should bring peace. That should bring rest to our souls. That should say, hey, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The scriptures are all there. we just got to live the scriptures. We've got to be in the scriptures. Hey, yes, this thing has come against me. This thing is pushing against me. But guess what? Well, not even guess. But I know what? I know that the, the he is in me is greater than he that's in the world. He that's in me is greater than the spiritual realm because Jesus has already overcome it. So why can't we have that rest in Jesus Christ that, hey, I don't need to worry about those things. 
I need to, you know, those things that are coming against me now are soon going to be the past. As soon as I give them to Jesus, they're in the past. And that's where they go and where they stay. Praise Jesus for that. And it says, verse 13, back to chapter 6. Therefore take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with, feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always of all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Above all, taking the shield of faith. How many darts will come against us? There's probably darts coming against you right now. There's probably things saying, hey, yeah, it might be all right for him. It might be all right for someone else, but it doesn't work for me. That's a lie of the enemy. The same God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit living on the inside of us. The spirit of God living on the inside of us. How much more power do we need to overcome the enemy? We don't need any more power. We have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of us. It's only this thing between our ears that ever stops us. The spirit of God never stops us. Our mind, the voice of reason, you know, the, the power of lack of understanding, I'll call it, human understanding, that will stop us from overcoming. We need to be ones that would obey the voice and the will and the plan and the purpose of God. I just want to turn to 1 John chapter 2 as well. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God, what does he do? He abides forever. Abides forever, lives forever. Praise God. Obviously, this passage is not talking about the physical world. He's talking about the community of sinful humanity that possesses a spirit of rebellion against a holy and righteous God. That's what it's talking about. And because of this opposition and rebelliousness towards God, it values things that are in direct conflict of God's holiness and righteousness. The world's spirit is in direct conflict of God's holiness and righteousness. Ever found that? There's anything going on in the world that you don't agree with? Sure is. There's plenty going on in the world that the Spirit of God doesn't agree with. It's a holy God, a righteous God. That's who we serve. And people just try to trample him underfoot. People try to trample his values underfoot, try to trample his word underfoot. It won't succeed. The word of God is more powerful. But it's got to be spoken. It's got to be declared by us. I suppose it boils down to be successful in God's kingdom we need to be strong in faith, single-minded towards the fight of faith and endure in faith. So I'll go back to the first scripture. Impossible to please God without faith. So it's faith, faith, faith. The kingdom of God is built on faith. You know, that's why we need to declare it by faith. You know, quite often we may be not sure to declare something, not sure to share something. We're not sure how it's going to be received. And all the while, the Spirit of God is saying, share it anyway. Share it anyway. Be obedient anyway. Declare the Word of God anyway. Just do it. It's not how we feel. 
It's what the Spirit of God does on the Word. We might even mumble. We might even be all get it all wrong. But the Spirit of, it's what the Spirit of God can put on His Word. It's what the Spirit of God can do with the Word. But it's the spoken Word. It's the declaration of what God has made. The declaration that all who come to Him will be saved. All that have Jesus as their Lord and Saviour will be saved. 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And the things that you have heard from, from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. To me, these verses are saying, be strong in your discipline and your faithfulness and then teach others to do the same. Be strong in our discipline and our faithfulness and teach others to do the same. You know, be a pattern for the world to follow. Obviously, when you stick your neck out, the world's different. Like I said, it's a different spirit. You stick your neck out, it could get chopped off. It could, but it's okay to be a headless chook. It's okay. See, they haven't got the plan. They haven't got a purpose. Their life's over. Their future's not real good. We should be more like an egg-bound emu, I suppose. I'm making this up as I go. I haven't seen an egg-bound emu, but I'd say it'd have a purpose. It'd have a plan. It's going to give life to something. You know, nothing's going to hold it back, hey? If that thing's on the inside, you know, that egg's on the inside of this egg-bound emu, if it's there, that egg's got to come out and it's got to be laid out and that life's going to come in. So we have a message on the inside of us that's got to come out. Eh? There's got to be a message on the inside of us. We've got to be so bound up in the Word of God, so bound up in faith, so that that's got to come out. Something's got to come out. And we can't be silent anymore. Let's take the risk. Let's be risk takers for the kingdom of God. Yeah? If you get your neck chopped off, doesn't matter. Got to put another one on. It won't matter. Eh? Let's be bound by the kingdom of God. Let's be focused Oh, there's too many distractions in the world. There's too many things that will take us away. There's too many tomorrows. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that later. Now is the time to share the gospel. Now is the time to be a demonstration of the power that, of the living God within us. Not later. It says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good shoulder of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Paul is saying to Timothy, you've got to make an effort here, son. You've got to endure. Can't talk about faith without sharing my favourite sobering and encouraging scripture. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the same, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in yourselves. There's so much happening in here. What about let us lay aside every weight and the sin? Not just sin, every weight. 
There's so much that will hold us back besides sin even. There's things in our lives that are not even sin. But the thing is, they hold us back. They're like a weight that will hold us back from fulfilling the call and fulfilling the plan and the purpose. And they're the things that would rob us of our peace. They will rob us of our rest. They will rob us of all kinds of things. Basically what I'm saying this morning, the greatest rest we can have is in faith. If we're resting in our faith in God, then we have all the rest that we need. And the thing is, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who started this. He started the faith. I trusted Jesus. Yes, others shared the gospel with me, but I trusted Jesus. He was the one that put the measure of faith. He was the one that I trusted to come to him. And when he said, you know, come to me, you're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. All those things, we trust Jesus. We can't blame anybody else. We can't really give credit to anybody else. Only Jesus, because he's the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. It's him is the one that we give the credit to. It's him, that, yes, others help us, not discounting that. But the thing is, Jesus is the one that we find rest for our souls. Jesus is the one that will never, ever let us down. People let us down. You can be let down by people all the time. No matter how well you explain something, no matter how well you do something, no matter how well you plan, people can let you down. But Jesus never lets us down. No matter what is troubling us, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. It's often said there's always someone worse off than you. I don't know whether it's a good saying or a bad saying, but it's often said, but you go a long way to find someone worse off than Jesus. If we measure his life by our measuring stick, he was sinless and he still went to the cross. In reality, you won't find anyone that was more pleasing to God the Father than Jesus as well. He was faithful 100% of the time. That's why we look unto him. Wherever we're looking at Jesus, we've got our eyes off the problem. Wherever we're looking unto Jesus, we say, well, he's right alongside us. We don't have to look far. And when we're looking at Jesus, where are we then? Seated above the problem. Seated above the situation. Because we're seated with him. But just always looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just come to this place, this point right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister into every life right now. Lord, just minister into every person present here. Lord, you just minister into their lives. You minister into their situations. You minister into their bodies, into their spirits. And Lord, that every single person, Lord, that is in need of healing, Lord, could be healed from this moment forward. Every single person that needs deliverance can be delivered from this moment forward. Every single person, Lord, that is suffering, Lord, would suffer no longer from this moment forward. Holy Spirit, just come and fall on this place. Holy Spirit, let there be a releasing of that anointing right now.